Hello, in this week's episode, first Lex is bugged out, Martha gets caught in crossfire, and Clark's got hops. Then, it's a Smallville version of Clue. Was it Jonathan in the library with a handgun and tequila? We'll find out on this week's episode of the Smallville Chronicles. Hello, I'm Lee Gonzalez. With me, as always, my co-host, Ellen Muir. Hello. So we got, I think this might actually be our best pair of episodes that we've watched, like, as a pair. Because I don't think either of them are bad. Uh, first, we have Insurgents. That's the 12th episode of Season 2, 33 overall. I believe, I'm trying to remember if the last episode was the season, the mid-season finale. No, no, that was the... Uh, okay, yeah, so this is the, the first second. episode of the, of the two episodes we watched. Okay, yeah, so this is the second episode of them coming back in Season 2. No, no, third. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, second. Yeah, second episode. Second and third episode. So, kind of, uh, this episode takes place really in, like, one location. There's only, like, one real sub-story, which is, like, the weird Lana and her dad story that we'll get to. Yeah. Um, which, so basically, we start at the Luther Mansion. Um, Lex is yelling at someone that works for him because his dad, Lionel, beat him out of, like, a deal by underbidding him. Oh, so yeah. Like, the actor is Paul McGillian, who was on a bunch of Stargate episodes. Like, he was he was on, a season, a, like, a random episode of Stargate SG-1. He was on all five episodes, most of the, of the, like, show of Atlantis. So, it was nice seeing him here. Yeah, I did not know that. Um so I didn't even realize, I'll get to it when we get to it, that one of the characters is actually a comic book character until I saw what her character's name is. Um, but we'll get to it in a little bit. Are you so, talking about the character that appeared com- recently on Supergirl? Yes. I'm not caught up on Supergirl yet, so it makes sense that she would be in that show, though. Um, yeah. So yeah, so Lionel undercut Lex. He can't figure out what's how that happened. Only the two of them knew. So he basically sends the guy off to figure it out, and he trashes his office and finds a bug in a flower. So we cut from here where Jonathan's making a picnic, and Martha's like, well, actually, Lionel called me into work, and, like, I really like my job. And they basically have a fight um, in the kitchen. I guess I skipped over part. Clark shows up and helps him find that there's a camera in the stereo, which makes sense because Clark actually kind of steps into the argument that his parents are having and is basically told to, like, shut up and mind your business. And Martha storms yeah. out. It was actually, like, a really heavy moment, like, and you kind of felt it. Like in Clark, like being like, oh, I felt like when watching it, it feels like you're there. Yeah, it's just awkward and it's like, Ugh, which it's good because it's kind of what they were going for. Also, uh, <laughs> I I liked how trashy or the whole uh, like Lex's office looked. Oh, yeah, he destroyed everything. Like they did a good job of I'm wondering how much of it they actually like filmed him doing and they just like use like two things of him destroying. Because he's ripping up a painting. And I can't remember what the other thing he's... He the pool table's on its side. Yeah, but they show him, like, breaking three things before Clark shows up. So when Clark comes in, he's ripping up the painting, but he's, like, breaking something else with up with a crowbar. Um can't remember. Because he rips, like, everything off of his bookshelf. But it oh, is interesting. Not just that. He also, when he, t- when he finds the bug, he... I think, no, it was either before or after. He takes his hand and just just smacks everything off his desk. Yeah, he does that, and that's how he finds the bug. Yeah, and it's just adding to the amount of stuff he just ruins. Mm-hmm. And I love the terrible, like, 
I don't know how to describe it except for like garbage rock that he has blasting. But it's kind of funny that we're like sitting on this and there's like a ton of crazy shit that happens in this episode. Yeah, we got this is almost like that episode with uh, Tony Todd. Yes. All right. So from here, we see Lex confront his dad about everything and is basically like, um, I believe this is at the mansion and Lionel's like, whatever, like corporate espionage is like a piece of business. And then Lex places a call to have a team of people put bugs in Luther Corp. These two episodes have a lot to do with like Lex Corp and Luther Corp, which is interesting. So then we get to the kind of beginning of the B plot, which is Lana shows up at the loft and is basically like, yeah, she's meeting her biological father and his wife and is kind of wary of the situation. And Clark kind of tells her that his parents had a fight about Martha's job. And this is when Clark goes to ask Lex to help with everything. And Lex realizes that they are going to the headquarters. So he calls the team um, but unknown, to, unknown to him that they are, I guess, also a team of burglars. Well, not not known to Kern, who's sort of yes. the, the head guy. It's, yeah, it seems like they do that stuff, That except like sometimes they don't. And Kern was under the assumption that as they were getting paid a lot of money that they weren't going to do it this time. Yeah. So before we get to that whole part, uh, we have Lionel and Martha working together, and then he gives her a baller-ass watch. A uh, baller swag watch that will come into play in the next episode as well. Yes. Um, before she, And he offers her a promotion, and before she can enter the room, this is kind of when... So the crew turns on Kern, they knock him out, and the guy gets sent, and he finds them and enters the room with a gun. So we have their leader, Kern. So this is our first CW alumni in this episode. Do you remember who Kern? I think it's Kern. Describe who you think Kern is. Um, I am pretty sure that he is, unless I'm thinking of the wrong, um, the character who is the lead. Of the uh, group? Yes. Okay, yeah, that is Kern. All right, so it's Byron Mann. Um, He was an arrow. Oh my god, who do you play? Yao Fei from season Holy one. Holy shit! Yes, he was also Ryu in Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, when he came on screen, I was like, wow, they really like reusing actors that they've used in Smallville, because it's the same crews and stuff for a lot of stuff, so it's it's funny, I was like, oh wow, I can't believe he was in this. Yeah. I, I don't want to be that, be the quote-unquote nerd, who just like, I actually... It's supposed to be this. The Arrow team was, or the Arrowverse team is mainly made up of people who worked on Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I know, like, the writing and stuff like that. But the crew, the actual, like, filming crew, a lot of them are the guys, or the people that worked on Smallville. Like, the camera people, the audio people. Yeah. Well, actually, it's sort of, had, like, half, because half of them stayed, like, did Smallville, or not, did, the, like, Arrow and that. Another half did, went and did... Uh, the 100? Yeah, well, it's all like that CW stuff is all in Vancouver. Yeah. I'm trying to look. So, wow, he actually has, like, some decent geekdom. So, besides Street Fighter, which was way before this, I guess, he it was, was like, in... It was less than a decade. Yeah, so he also did the animated voice for Ryu in a game. I'm trying to see stuff that he did that was more than just one-offs. So, he was in Dark Angel. <laughs> For like a season, it looks like no, it looks like more than a season. Like he was in the entire series. Now I'm just thinking about that episode of Family Zone where we 
we're talking about how we were theorizing that James Cameron just stole the idea. <laughs> oh God, he was in Catwoman like right before he did this. Uh, yikes. Oh my God, he comes back as a different character in Smallville. I am not surprised. Like two in two like two seasons from this. Well, that is when they start to end like bringing in more metas. Yep, I think he plays like a Chinese because his name is like Commander Chang. So I'm assuming he's like some sort of not specifically named East Asian country general, communist country general. Yeah, he's also been recently in Altered Carbon, The Expanse, and a bunch of stuff. Because he's like a martial arts guy, which is kind of funny that he doesn't do any of that in this episode. Yeah, the closest he gets is getting punched in the face. Well, no, he gets hit. He gets like, oh, he gets like pistol whipped or something, right? He gets whipped in the back of the head. Then he gets shot. All right, so this is when in the story of the episode, his skills were 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 put to better use on Arrow. See the yes, one. yeah, he's great in Arrow, and they still revisit that character like name wise at least. I'm sure if they ever needed him, he'd be back. Um, so we cut back to Smallville. Clark and Lex arrive, and basically they're like, "Oh, he's gonna take you to with his helicopter to Metropolis so you can have dinner." And Jonathan does not want a single bit of that. Yeah, he loses his... Sh- like, he's like a dick to Lex. He's just like, like, why do you think you'd be in my business? And he, Lex is like, um, this was Clark's idea. He asked me for a favor. And he's like, and you he's know... Still a dick. Yeah, and he's just like, you know what? Like, all I've ever tried to do is be nice to you. And all I ever get from you is, like, sanctimonious, like, lectures. And I'm done. And he just, like, Lex just, like, walks out. And I think this is when Jonathan says to Clark, like, it's not your job to try to fix everything. Which is foreshadowing. Yep. Half these episodes are foreshadowing. Yeah, well, that's there's a lot in this that ties into foreshadowing before like the end of this season and into next. Yeah. So from here, oh, the next thing we see is that we go back to Metropolis and they find out that the cops already called. Oh, I forgot. There's another uh, Stargate alumnus in this episode. When the bald dude knocks out Kern... The uh, blonde or the dyed hair guy who immediately pulled or after Kern got shot. The other remaining guy who isn't who wasn't aware that was going to happen pulls who pulls his gun on the ball guy. Yeah, yeah. He was disaster. He was quote unquote disaster Davis on Stargate SG One. Uh, I've seen very little of Stargate TV show. I watched it for like a season or two. It I is. Just... As it goes, it, it gets better as it gets old, like as the series gets older. Well, I'm like, I think by the time they made Atlantis, I wasn't watching anymore, which I only bring up because Aquaman, the current Aquaman, was in that show. Basically playing the same character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the reason I call him quote unquote disaster Davis, he only showed he showed up 99% of the time when an emergency, like when something bad or something, some bad shit was about to happen. Oh, that's funny. He also played the the wild card character in uh, Falling Skies. Oh, that was that TNT show, right? With the aliens? And, uh, where, yeah, with... And every season's like a different kind of trope on alien movies, but with the same aliens. Like, they don't change cast, but like each season they kind of deal with a different alien trope. Like alien movie trope. Yeah, there's... there's not, Yeah, and the character... And there's a character on the, on that show... That will be appearing on 
I think either this season or next season. Oh, interesting. The it's not the main guy, right? From um, ER. ER. Is it him? No, it's the girl who had cancer. I didn't watch. The, I didn't watch Falling Skies. I had just heard of it. It was one of the blonde character girls. Okay. She. She was on an episode where she, her and Clark were in an elevator. They're on a field trip to uh, Luther Corp or Luther Corp, some something like that. And she has tele- like teleporting abilities or teleportation. Okay. And she uh, just shows how wacky this show was. Oh, it gets real kooky, especially the later on in the series. She, I think, when Clark is sleeping, she slips on the slips on him the on. Or slips on him the red kryptonite ring. Okay, that is something I know we are going to be seeing in like an episode or two. Yeah, and this leads to them going to Vegas and be getting married. This is all starting to ring familiar again. So this is was this next season or the season after? I want to say season three, season four, because what she ends up doing is she ends up I know because she she was around when Lois was around. And Lois comes in what, like halfway through season three? Or no, season no, she, she shows up at the beginning of season four. Okay, so then it's probably in, season like, four. first episode. And then she gets killed by a uh, by a, sand, a guy who can manip- manipulate sand. Oh, Sandman? Basically? Not really. I'm trying to remember. Like, that's when we start getting to, like, all of, like, the metas. That's when this show goes, like, really heavy, like, off the rails at some point. But I think it's also a point where we could actually make a lot of comparisons to The Flash and Supergirl, which will be fun. And I guess Black Lightning as well. He but, is, but that meta, just, just as I have to say, that meta is to that is to this show what Shade was to Flash. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> like like the most, one of the most hated metas because he was just pointless. He's just there for a second and gone and just kind of thrown away. No, he, he is only real, he was, he was really just there to to kill a character okay so no so back to smallville yes so at this point in the episode jonathan and clark basically after the fight with lex they see the news report and then clark's basically like uh or jonathan's like oh i'll catch you as quick as i can and clark's like well you know i know someone that can get you there faster but just do one thing apologize. apologize yep so we cut back to metropolis lionel's pushed the panic button which is like this weird little PC thing he has in his hand, and then we see Pine, which is the big bald guy, kill Kern, who's Yao Fei, and then Lex calls and talks to Pine and realizes that it's not Kern because we find out that there's voice changers on, I guess, both sides. Yeah, and Lex is Mister Green. Yes, again foreshadowing to the comics or a nod to the comics. And Kern hangs up, or uh, Pine hangs up on him. Yeah, says that Kern's on charge it not. What was the specific line? Like, Kern's not in charge anymore? Yeah, something like that. All right, we go back to our kind of B-plot, which is, so Henry and his wife Jennifer are meeting with Lana. They kind of ask Henry to go get them more coffee, and then Jennifer is basically like, you seem like a good like young woman, so I want to be candid with you. And you kind of feel like this. she's going to be like, you know, I don't want some young girl coming into our life. Um, no, but she kind of she is like the middle ground. 
It's, she, I would actually say it's like she's actually trying to protect Lana, and she yeah, kind of basically she, says that like Henry's not a good guy. Like he's so he's in all directions. He he's gonna, but he and he tends to forget. He he loses interest in things very quickly. Yeah. So just don't get it too attached. Yeah, like he has a one track mind because she's basically like, yeah, we have two kids. They're in boarding school. He doesn't pay any attention to them. And when he has like a thing, he doesn't pay any attention to anything or anybody else. They seem implying like that she's in a loveless marriage. Yeah. And that their kids have been shipped away and that he was like on track to become like, was like a congressman and just kind of got rid of all that stuff when it started to get hard. It's like her input. Although no, we learn uh, something different later. Yeah, we learn why in the next episode. Yes. Um, so this is when Clark arrives and he starts to like walk through the line and he is stopped. Uh, here he is stopped by Captain Maggie Sawyer. Which I did not hear her say her name. No, no. Should they just call her Sawyer or okay. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Sawyer? They don't say her first name because I don't think they were allowed to at that point. But like, I think the character was still. Yes. So this is a character who's pretty big deal in the comics. Like you said, she's appearing in this season of Supergirl. No, no. She, she... appeared in I think uh, two, either one or two seasons ago. Oh, is this Alex's girlfriend? I can't Fian- remember. Girlfriend, then fiance, then. Okay, I can't remember if her name was Sawyer or if her name was uh, what is the other female cop that's GCPD. Uh, Renee Montoya. Yeah, I couldn't remember if she was Montoya or Sawyer because I know they used Montoya in Gotham. Okay. Yeah, so, they only Montoya was exclusive to Gotham. Yeah, because Montoya's always been GCPD. Although Sawyer was also G- that would be Gotham City Police Department. Sawyer was as well. I'd say she's most notably connected with Batwoman. Yeah, because she was Batwoman's fiance. Yeah, fiance before DC was like, no, we don't like gay marriage. They got rid of just like a slight. I'm not saying that you're wrong because at the same time they had they made Alan Scott Green Lantern. He was engaged, and then they killed his fiance. They killed his 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 fiance in the first damn issue. issue. Yeah, but they also this was like when they brought out the new Fifty Two. I can't remember who was taking over, but they were basically like no marriages. So every single like relationship was broken up. Yeah, so this led Green to Arrow and Canary were not together. Lois was actually with another dude. Yeah, the only the... couple that was still around was Aquaman and Mera. Yeah, and when well, they weren't even. They were a couple. They were. They weren't even married. Yeah, they were a couple. Yeah, they're still not married. And, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, because yeah, the big one was like Dick this was and Barbara. Dick and Barbara were not together. Although um, it was there, she rejected him for Lucius Fox's son. Oh, Lucas Fox? No, I, did she? I don't. I didn't read really Batgirl by Burnside. I do remember at one point that like I, it was I implied. Really, I really missed. I really missed back, back like the Batgirl, the, the Burnside Batgirl book. Oh, uh, see, I liked it before that. Oh, and Gus Mom was writing. Yeah. Oh, she's an amazing writer. And they also hinted in that time that Babs and Jason Todd had like a thing. That was. Uh, wait, that what? wasn't like a. There was like a giant crossover. Where Gordon was, where Commissioner Gordon was like on trial for like a mass murder because he shot somebody who like hit something that sent a train off rails and killed like like two hundred people. What year was this? Because if it this was... is like right at the start of New Fifty Two, like okay. or actually this is like kind of right before Death of the Family. Okay, at this point I was sort still sorting my life. Okay, so you didn't read that? Well, no, this was this was like. As I was trying to get back into comics after Hurricane Sandy, mm. so I uh, I missed a lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Well, to kind of get back to where we were, so 
this character will appear several more times, including in the follow-up season 11 comic book. And I believe it's all the same actress, too. Yeah, it is. So she's in season two. She'll appear next season, season five and seven. All right. To get back to the episode, though. So she stops him, kind of shoes him away, gets his name. And it's like, yeah, every single entrance to the building has like sensors. So you can't just go in. They'll know and you're going to get everybody killed. You go back inside where Lionel's basically like, I know what you're thinking. If I didn't make you come in today, you'd be safe at home with your family. And he's a total total asshole about it. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan and Lex shows up. Jonathan sees Clark getting yelled at by Sawyer and basically like, yeah, this is my son. My wife is in there. Clark and him talk. Yeah, because at first she doesn't believe that Clark is who he says he is. Yeah, because she handcuffs him. And this is when Clark reveals his brilliant plan of to climb up the Daily Planet building and jump across a 200-foot gap because no one is paying attention to it. Yeah. Which I, is this the first time we're seeing the, like actually seeing the Daily Planet? I know it was talked about last season, but I think this is the first time we're seeing like the iconic Daily Planet symbol, like on top of the build, like the big statue thing on top of the building, because they spend a lot of time looking at it in this episode. That's a good question. I think it is because they there's like three shots of it. So when he first says it, there's like a very long shot on it. There's a shot later on where. They're coming like kind of through it. And that is when we first see Clark standing on it. And they cut back down to Jonathan looking up at it. And then we cut back to Clark on it again. So they yeah. make sure that we know like, hey, look, it's that giant Daily Planet symbol. Oh, you mean the globe? Yeah, the globe. I don't know what you call it. It's not a statue because it moves. It's something that doesn't exist in real life where it's like. Yeah, because we don't have that technology, even though. I'm sh- no, there, there's technology where that could work. It's just too expensive. Yeah, there's no point to it. You would need so much maintenance to make sure it doesn't break. Because they have goofy stuff like that at sports stadiums. To get back again to the episode. So the burglars finally get to open the vault. And what we see is a pallet of carved kind of gold bar style. But kryptonite. kryptonite, Yeah. And Martha's like, what the fuck? Because it's a lot. Like, it is a real lot. I'm looking at a picture. It's like six levels high. So it is a massive amount of kryptonite. Um, they also start pulling out files and like files get thrown in front of Martha and Lionel. And one of them one... is Clark. Yes. And then as they're going through stuff, at some point, one of them goes like, what about this? This looks like it's worth something. And in a jar kind of thing, they open it up and it is the octagonal disc. That fits, would fit perfectly in the Quatchic Caves. Yes. That we've seen already from the end of last season with the rocket. Um and basically, Martha's whole face is like, what the, like, what the shit? Like, Lionel has been, he's a file on Clark. He has the disc we know about. And why is he courting all of this meteor rock? Because they still haven't called the Kryptonite yet. So the burglars are annoyed. Lex calls Pine, tells him what they found. Lex offers him a million dollars for the contents and a way out. And Lionel offers it to double it. But they get to keep what, what everything. Uh, no, he Lionel gets to keep it all. He says, if you leave everything here and then you guys, I'll give you a way out for $2 million. Just leave everything there instead of like the 1 million to take it with you. And then kind of says like, I'll write, I'll like wire it to any account wherever you want in the whole world. So this is what I was talking about before where we get the scenes where like, so now um, I think something happens where. I just love how this whole storyline regarding uh, revolving around the disc. Oh yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's interesting. Happens season two, in the next in this season and next season. Oh, like, it goes on for like a long time. I mean, it ends with uh, Jason T with a shotgun aimed at the Kents. Oh my god! 
and right like as the meteor as the second meteor shower is happening and um he gets and spoilers jason t gets taken out by a big big old meteor <laughs> which completely wrecks and destroys the uh ken house that's fine we'll see that house again and the farmhouse like we just did in two worlds crossover yeah we'll see that and we'll see what i'm talking about in two years yep and so basically something i can't remember what exactly happens and at some point pine brings martha to the window oh and they're saying like oh we're getting your helicopter ready this is right before lex had called so clark kind of finally figures out that like oh like they're not going to give him a helicopter he has to solve the thing so we see him jump he definitely doesn't get far enough and lands like three floors below yeah he lands he kind of well first you get his you get his first person view and it just yeah he tries to do like the rock and skyscraper but in a more realistic fashion he doesn't make it <laughs> yeah he just send, ends up crashing into the uh went into an office and ends up bumping up against uh the wall yeah he wrecks like the drywall and kind of gets up and brushes himself off he's like yeah and like knocks over a painting and then leaves and then basically the criminals are like there's a something happened on like the 30th floor in an office, like just below us. And they're like, Oh, it's the dumb damn cops. So they send that guy you were talking about earlier to go investigate. Clark. And Clark. Yeah. Clark knocks him out. And he, he like, then, no, he like chokes, like chokes him up against the wall. It's like, where's my mom? Yeah. Which is, that's not very stealth. <laughs> no, he's not stealth at all. And he's also completely giving away who he is. Yeah. Um. So we get rid of that guy. Then they're still sitting there. Then he straight up like boots down the door, like Stone Cold style. And like, no, no, you're forgetting something that happens before this. They're they're about to do something. They're about to shoot someone, or oh, he, they're yeah, in the middle yeah. of doing something. They're about to roll up, take everything out. Well, the cops are coming in because they also saw the thing. And then he rips the like the power to the building from the wall. Not just the, rips it. He he destroys it. Yeah, but like he just randomly found some like big wire and just like rips it out. And the woman is like, I can't remember what her character name is. She has like a goofy name. Um, Bishop. That's the woman. Yeah, Bishop. She's like, oh, the says, cops got the, yeah, the, the cops, cops got the. She just says the cops got the power. And I really wanted someone to just say, how could they cut the power, man? They're just animals. Yeah, it kind of, it, it actually, for me, this reminded me of like Die Hard with like the building and everything and how it worked. Like yeah. it was like, oh, really quick episode of Die Hard. And yeah, Clark click, kicks down the door, which takes out Bishop, and then Pine. Well, it takes. Well, no, it, it he he kicks open the door, and which knocks back Pine onto Bishop. Oh yeah, and that's what takes her out. And then Martha yells at yells to Clark to watch to not to leave. Yeah, to leave because of the kryptonite. Yeah. She doesn't say like, "Oh, that's here," but we see the green glow. Um, before Pine can get up, Martha pushes the cart into the vault he gets up and tries to keep it from being closed and his hand gets just wrecked yeah so she closes the door clark gets up he pulls a gun on i think lionel yeah and And clark no no he he pulls a uh oh a drill a drill because that's that's how they got they were getting it getting into the vault yeah so he pulls a drill on lionel clark grabs it and like is kind of tussling with him for a second and then you hear a gunshot and Lionel, who is blind, just shot in front of him, killing Pine. But it's not like he necessarily knew who was in front of him. But this is, again, where we get the look from Martha, like, oh, Lionel's, like, not a good human being at all. 
and we're getting awfully close to the episode where we where we found out find out that the certain person that he's been faking it that he's actually yes i don't although i don't know how long i feel like he is blind at this point because he's blind in scenes where there's nobody else in the room i think it's after the next episode when his eyesight comes back because it makes no sense why he is blind in the next next episode if he's like acting blind if he's not actually blind because he's by himself yeah also we get a nice shot or we get a a shot showing how or martha just like slowly taking the uh the disc oh yeah she totally she pockets it and tells clark to uh burn the files which i I don't know how to like okay Lionel is blind, but if I'm not mistaken, wouldn't that make his other, his other senses other senses? Um, yes and no. That's kind of more of a myth, but you would still know that there's like something is burning. But like, what's he gonna say? Like, why is there fire? It's like, oh, one of the, you could just be like, oh, one of the dudes like had like something on them that went off and caught something on fire. It's kind of like a throwaway kind of thing, which Lionel does as we kind of close this out. Um, when the police come, Sora's like pissed about Clark. And Lex is like, I'm glad that you're okay. Um, we did everything that could help. Oh, there's also a point we, I missed over where Jonathan kind of walks up on Lex closing out a phone call. And is like, if you had anything to do with this, like, you will never be in Smallville or something. Like, he threatens Lex. No, no, he says you'll regret the day you entered Smallville. Yeah, uh, but then or Lex... The, or either that or you will regret the first time you've ever entered Smallville. Something like that. Oh, I have it. It's if you find if I find out you had anything to do with what's going on here, you will pray to God that you never set foot in Smallville. You believe me? Yeah. Um, but as they're coming out, Lex is like, uh, "Clark, how did you get up there?" And Lionel's like, "It doesn't really matter. Like he saved us. Like who cares?" And then he Lionel's just an asshole to Lionel. Well, because Lionel's like, uh, they obviously it's like, oh, they know that Lionel knows that it was Lex because yeah. probably nobody else must have known about the elevator is my thought only like him him and lex and maybe like one or two other people what about dominic yes but he's not in this episode so but like dominic wouldn't have any reason to send them there yeah dominic's a sort of wasted character oh very much he's just like there to be like a sort of antagonist for lex sometimes like he's like proxy vinyl and not a good one at that no so we cut to the next day martha's it's we all we lex tries to 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 say that he's glad that he's okay and Lionel brushes it all off. Oh yeah, and he basically is like, I'm I'll be out of the mansion soon. And Lex is like, I'll help them pack. And so Lionel, like, Lionel, I think even says no like no. Yep. And then we cut from here over you uh, see Lex where yeah, where we see Lionel walk like walking away yeah. to a shot of the Kents. And Lex standing there by himself. Yeah, then and then the like the way they focus from his, his view to onto them. Mm-hmm. Basically, just some that that sums down the series. Yep, yeah, I think it comes up even more into play in the next episode when the Clark and Lex have a conversation. Yeah. So the last kind of bit of this episode, we have Martha has a res- uh, res- resignation, and Jonathan is basically like, "Well, what if we pull a play out of the Luther book instead of you resigning? Why don't you stick around? Because if you weren't with them, we wouldn't have known about the files, the the octagon key." Or him like hoarding all this meteor rock. So basically, they decide that like she's going to stay with him to kind of spy on Lionel. And then M- Martha does not tell either of them that she has the key and she hides it in a can of flour underneath the sink, which is a terrible place to put flour. Yeah, I mean, 
it's like easily would get moist and go bad. But uh, so that is where we leave on this first episode. Uh, Don't we also then get a zoom in on the uh, on Clark's ship? I don't remember. No, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah, we get a zoom in on the space where the this would go. Would go. Yeah. Overall, this was fantastic episode. Yeah, I was just looking. So this is apparently the only episode in the series that Martha gets the most screen time of any character. Wow. And apparently Maggie is the first DC character host pilot to appear in the show and the eighth overall DC comic character to appear in the show. Yeah, this was a really good episode, a ton of foreshadowing. So I was just reading through some like sort of trivia stuff, which we've all kind of covered already. But um, I thought this was a good episode. Um, I think easily I would say Martha's like my favorite in this episode. She gets the most screen time, but she does an amazing job at playing that character in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. And the only character, the character who I thought was doing the worst part was Pine. He was just kind of doing like the thug version of like mustache twirly villain. Like he was just so like your average throwaway thug character. And he also had a Southern accent. (laughs) Like he was, I was expecting to find my retirement money. Yeah. To me, I like this episode, not because of the bad guys or whatever. It's more about, the scene. comp, the everything with the two families. Yes, and specifically like Martha kind of realizing the person that she works for. So I feel like to this point she kind of thought, well, Lionel's not the best guy. He's just a ruthless businessman. But no, you know, he's a I killer. And it's like, oh no, Lionel's like. She even says, I think he just hired me so he can get more info on Clark. So yeah. like, every aspect of like her thinking about Lionel just get flushed down the toilet in this episode, and she kind of sees him for who he truly is. But I think from here, we could move into our second episode. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, so in this episode, it starts... This is like another crazy episode that has implications way down the road. Yeah, we open up on Lionel uh, using his... Talking pen. Yeah, his talking pen to uh, reading... Uh, what's the name of the book? Uh, he is reading... I think it's Good and Evil. It's a Nietzsche book. Yeah. Which, if you don't know, that is the German philosopher who came up with the Ubermensch kind of thing, which translate basically to Superman. She gets referenced a lot in this show for obvious reasons. Yes, referenced way too fucking much. Yeah, but it's kind of where the idea of the Superman comes from. Which and, and, the, and the iconic line from the pilot. Yes. And so the line that opens up this episode is, that which is done out of love always takes place beyond what is good and evil. Which kind of fits the pre, like I don't even it doesn't really fit at all in this episode. It's just like a interesting line, but basically we get our opening, which we will see like five different times. Which is Lionel kind of hears something. Well, first he gets a call and basically says that I don't think Martha is going to be part of my employee anymore. Someone enters the room. Lionel can tell he no one identifies themselves, and then Lionel gets shot in the shoulder and like in the chest, kind of right under where the heart would be. Falls off the balcony and through a glass table. He's all the better than Rob Van Dam. Yep. So we find the sheriff and like a bunch of sheriff people find Jonathan passed out in his truck with a bottle of tequila and a pistol in his hand. And they arrest him. For the attempted murder of yes. Lionel Luther. 
impossible murder if he dies. Because basically throughout most of the episode, we don't know if he's going to make it. Yeah. Um, at the jail, Martha and Clark, Clark visit him. Jonathan says he had like half a beer before coming home. And he doesn't remember anything until the police pulled him out of the car. <coughs> Clark says that they found the gun with the same caliber that shot Lionel. And Martha says that she could ask her father to defend him. But they decide to ask Henry Small instead. At the hospital, Lex goes to check on his father, but he's blocked with, you know, aforementioned uh, that we talked about before. Dominic blocks him and basically says that he thinks Lex shot Lionel. And which Lex does not want any bit of as he just grabs uh, Dominic and like puts like is about to assault him. Yeah, he kind of throws him up against the wall, but then he leaves. So we go to the town where Henry tells Lana and Clark that He's not the right man for it. He's, yeah, he's not the right man for the job. Twitch uh, Clark says, actually, based on your pat, based on what I've heard, you're the perfect man for the job. And he just yep. says, sorry, I just can't do it. And then after this, Lana basically pulls Clark aside. And is like, I don't know what that was about. I'm really sorry. And also, I so I saw your dad at the mansion yesterday in a fight with Lionel, and I had to tell the cops this. And we find out that the fight was about Martha. So Clark goes home and we have the sheriff and everybody with a search warrant and they find the watch that Lionel gave Martha smashed. Clark basically, or Martha says that she hid it from Jonathan and Clark reveals it was from Lionel. And then Sheriff Ethan says that the bartender at the bar said that he was like doing double shots of tequila last night and then bought a bottle before he left, which I don't think you can actually do, or at least not in any state I've lived in. You can't really just buy a bottle from a bar. And he also, the sheriff also says that Jonathan's blood alcohol was 2.0 and that there was gunpowder residue on his hand and eyewitnesses that saw him earlier or saw him leaving the truck, leaving the mansion after the shots were fired. So we get like a whole lot of exposition here. The next part is kind of funny where we get Clark and Pete playing CSI. They see like where they found Jonathan and Clark x-ray visions, like a bullet in the wall of a shed. It's like, oh, if somebody like put the gun in Jonathan's hand, they get a fire here to get the gun residue. Yeah, doesn't Pete say, uh, what, what if it was not, what if it just proved that someone just shot a shed? Yeah, Pete does like a pretty good job of being like the voice of reason in this episode, especially considering what happens in a couple scenes. Yeah, so from here, um, they oh, yeah, and Clark guessed that somebody drugged his dad. Um, from here, we go back to the hospital, Lionel's still in critical condition. Clark tells Sheriff Miller about it and that he thinks his dad's being framed. This is when Dominic is like, yeah, I think he is. And I think I know who did it. It's Lex. Um, and basically says that Lex and Al had an argument and reveals that uh, Lionel bought out LexCorp through Dominic basically buying shares on the down low. And so LexCorp is getting reabsorbed into Luther Corp and that Lex will just be an employee like he was before. Lex is furious about this and basically storms off. Yeah, and he says that he's gonna that he's gonna be taking his girlfriend out for the night, or at least that's the alibi that Dominic says that Lex has. Yep. So we cut from here. I think this is when Clark and Lex have like a kind of argument as well, and Clark kind of insinuates that like maybe it was Lex, and Lex is like, uh, "Don't say anything, kind of that you won't take back." No, he says, "Yeah, he says like don't t- don't say anything you'll re- you're gonna regret later on." Yeah. So 
we go to Lana talking to Chloe. So this is the first time she's appeared since two episodes ago. And she has some uh, change in her hair. Yeah, she's got a couple little pink highlights. And she's which in will, this. Which comes into play next episode. Yeah, she has. She's only in this for this one scene. And basically did what she did with Clark. And she even addresses like, most people hate when I do this. But like, I kind of investigated your bio dad. And he used to work for a law firm that worked for LexCorp. And he was actually a criminal defense attorney. And then he got fired from his firm after Luther Corp filed a complaint. Yeah. So it, w- it was. I mean, you gotta. As much as we lo- like love the character of Lionel, he's John Glover's busy actor. He he's only in like a little over half the episodes. Yeah, he gets a much bigger role as as the series goes on. Yeah, and then he's gone for a while, and then he's back hardcore for like the last two seasons, I think. He's kind of always in and out, but there are times when he's like there the entire time. So he he comes back in. He comes he comes back hardcore in season ten. Yes. So Clark goes to the mansion to confront Lex. Oh, this is I guess that when that happens, and Lex basically throws him out. Um, Martha visits Jonathan. Jonathan is basically like, "No jury's gonna believe I'm innocent, and this is all my fault, even if I didn't do it." So then we go back to the CSI team of Clark and Pete. They check out the Wild Coyote Bar and ask, and basically the guy is like, yeah, Jonathan was like getting hammered. And he was venting to everybody in who, who would, you could listen. Clark basically picks him up off the ground and throws him up against, like, not the roof, but like across, like a beam, like yeah. way overhead. And, he's, and, the, and the guy and who went to high school, Jonathan, just like Sheriff Ethan. Oh, now you're blowing some, uh, connecting some threads here. Here's spo- like spoilers for like two scenes from now. But yeah, so basically, th- he does have a line where he's like, "You're just as terrible as your father." Yeah, and I think Pete has to uh... pull Clark off. Yeah, and... and basically, they decide to leave as they are leaving and talking about it. An uh, eighteen wheeler runs them off the road, and the driver gets out. He is masked. As they're trying to, as the car like doesn't get destroyed, but is like jumps like well, like ten feet off the ground and lands. The guy gets out of the truck, the masked man, and shoots the trunk and sets off an explosion that is the size of like <laughs> a small nuclear yeah. device. Well, it is such a big explosion. Talk a bit more back to destroying cars. But this is like this is the most destroyed a car, which again I they, love they, they needed to make up for the cars that weren't destroyed. Yes. But like I love uh it was a really early on Mythbusters like season one and they proved that like there's like no way to actually do this with a gun. Like, you know, in movies when you see them shoot like a gas tank and the car explodes. That's oh, not... I mean, like in uh, a bunch of GTA games. Yeah, that does. That can happen. Um, and I've actually seen a car accidentally light on fire. It does burn down quick, but it just like catches on fire and then it goes out once it's burned everything. Like it doesn't explode because there's nothing. Gasoline is flammable, not explosive. Um, I can't remember the correct terminology, but yeah. So there's a giant explosion. Car protects Pete. We go to the hospital because Pete's getting checked at, and this yeah, is when Pete, his car just just just, just did, like wrecked, destroyed. Which, that was a nice sports car. Yeah, how did he get it? Uh, maybe he sold his dirt bike from last couple <laughs> episodes. <ago. laughs> oh no, he sold his and Clark's. Yeah. So Clark and Lex talk, and they and Lex gives up the theory that Dominic shot him. 
So yeah, he was unhappy because after Lex left, he kind of stayed around and listened. And basically Lionel's like, well, yeah, like you're a good soldier, but Lex is blood. And I always plan for him to kind of come back into the fold and like let him do his thing outside. And now he's back in the fold. Oh yeah, because we for- we for- I forgot to mention that when Dominic and Lex were talking and or and Lex, oh yeah, he says, Lex says like, like you're really pathetic if you really think or you're are you really that pathetic if you are th- that or that stupid if you think that that line that Lionel's grooming you. Yeah, so I I couldn't remember. I don't remember how the Dominic things ends, but I was like, oh, was it Dominic the entire time? So like when I first got shot, I was like, Dominic showed up. I was like, oh, is it him? And this is how they got rid of him, which would have made way more sense than what actually yeah. happens. Because what actually happens is confusing and dumb. We'll get to that one. one that's true. Yes. I won't, I, won't, I won't accidentally spoil the episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just wait another five minutes to do that. <laughs> so this is when we get back to the dumb Lana thing. So she basically confronts Henry. She makes him come to the town and basically drops all the information on him. And then he's basically like uh, flips out on her. And and then he kind of like takes a second and cools off after Lana's like, whatever, go away. And then he's like kind of gives her the real story. And like, if you would have kept digging, there was like this case that was like unethical and I wouldn't go through with it. And that there was basically somebody went to jail for being proved for a crime and then Two years later, they found the evidence that exonerated him, but he had already been put to death. And after that, I've been trying to make up for all of the bad things I did working for the Luthers um, by, like, fighting for the little guy and trying to right wrongs. Um, so he goes with Lana, and they meet with Jonathan, and they bail. Um, they plan to bail him out, but the bartender has gone missing from the bar. And so Clark and Pete go back to the bar to try to find him. They end up finding his dead body in the kind of key piece of evidence to connect all the pieces, which is a photo that they find after they close the freezer in which they found the bartender's body. And Pete makes a joke about him sleeping with the fishes. And basically they put out the news to, um, I see there's Lex talking about it, Dominic, but basically they put out that Lionel's going to get better. and He's going to survive. Um, they talk about it with Jonathan. So then we cut to, the hospital room and we see the bed where Lionel is supposed to be get shot up a bunch with a silencer and it's not actually Jonathan there. Clark comes in, uh, takes the gun away. And then I think he also shows that there's a camera there. And then we find out that the sheriff and the bartender came up with this plan to frame Jonathan, who was also their classmate as well. And we kind of get the whole backstory of the whole thing here where, so like the, the sheriff basically was able to manipulate everything. So I, I uh, just have some, some, uh, Superman ties with the actor who plays uh, Henry Small, Patrick Cassidy. Okay. He was on in '97. He had a recurring role on Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman, and he is the uncle of Katie Cassidy. Oh, really? Yeah. And she just got married over the weekend, I believe, because I follow yeah. her on Instagram. Dude, who doesn't? I know. I follow all of the Faleroverse people. Um, but let's close out this last little bit of the episode. So Clark is talking to Lex um, with the dad's yearbook. It's basically like, how could people so close together be like betrayed? And this is where Lex basically says, let me see if I can find the quote. But, but um, oh, it's uh, Lex goes, it's hard to imagine working for a man who can rage for people enough to the point where any of them could have a motive to kill you. 
Clark goes, even you, and Lex goes, you know that darkness you were talking about? I don't think we're born with it. I think people like my father find a way to bring it out. And then they basically leave on that they're okay. And it's I find funny that even though he's only in it for for two scenes or two or three scenes, um, darkness ends up like the whole thing with Lex and Lionel and darkness. Oh, that scene is ridiculous. Because basically Lionel's like, this is all your fault. Like, if you didn't try to strike out on your own, none of this would have happened. Because the reason he has a relationship with the sheriff is that that is who he got to get the dirt on all the board members of LexCorp. Yeah, who got them to sell their shares to Dominic. Yes. And then basically we see the backstory. And then when he's like, oh, this is a one-time thing. He's like, oh, really? That's why you wanted the money up front? And he's basically like, oh, isn't a sheriff an elected position? Yeah, and he says, "Well, while my, while I know my, like my opinion, like opinions on me aren't high, aren't that good in this town. For you, it's your whole life in this town, and that this is both Sheriff Ethan's last episode and Dominic's last episode because both are never seen again. I'm sorry, who is never seen again? Ethan and Dominic." Oh, really? We don't get a... No, they're just... This is the last episode for both of them. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that they just kind of ignored Dominic. Um, I have a couple of interesting little things. So Sheriff Ethan, at this point, had the most recurring episodes. So he had done 14 episodes. He had more episodes than Callum Blue, who played uh, Zod in Season 9, and more episodes than... Davis Bloom, a.k.a. Doomsday, a.k.a. Asian Liberty and Supergirl, a.k.a. Starkiller, a.k.a. The Man Who's Just Been in Everything, Sam Whitworth, yes. which I've been catching up on this, on uh, Supergirl. Oh, and, he's great on Supergirl. Oh, my God. The episode where they go into his background just broke me. Yeah, because it's... It's um, like... We, we talked about it on, like, the recap episode on Super... Or the first episode of Supergirl Reveal in Phantom Zone. Uh they do like a good job of saying like, oh, this is how like a smart and intelligent kind of free thinking person could fall down this hole. And they also connect it to like everything horrible that has happened throughout the series. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's funny, so the Wild Coyote is a real bar. Oh uh, yeah, that, that and the the road that Jonathan takes to get from there to the back to the Kent farm, is that an actual actual road? So uh next time we do an episode of And Now Comics, we have to talk to Connor about this. Okay, because <laughs> um, because he he has mentioned stuff about oh that he lives near there. Yes, yeah. he's had friends that have appeared in episodes. I still want to know who his friend was on fucking Riverdale. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, and that is our second person that is on CW in here. Good call. So not Henry Rollins. Please tell me that's not Sheriff Keller. No, it's uh, not Henry Rollins. Is the, the so the doctor that appears that you called not Henry Rollins before we started. Yeah, that is uh, Cheryl's dad and oh uncle. My, oh my god, he's aged terribly. Well, he looks exactly the same. I, I, I can't believe it. Uh, Clifford Blossom. Uh, yeah, his name is. Uh, he's just called Doctor, but it's played by Barclay Hope. Yes. It? Yeah. Yeah, he's the unnamed Doctor. Yeah, so he is. Um, I can't remember. Were they Blossom? Right. Clifford Blossom and Clifford. something. Yeah, the uncle, I don't his twin brother. Which is basically just him. Without the wig. Yeah. But it's a wig in the show too. So yeah, that's when I was like, oh, again, CW likes to reuse people. Um 
Oh, apparently they return to Dominic in the comic book at some point. I'm so mad that I can't actually get a, like the comic book because it's out of print. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it somewhere, but I might find a way to read it just so like I can see some of it. But I might wait until we get farther down so like I can actually remember continuity. That actually is one of the name. That's the name of one of the traits. Yeah, Continu- was... continuity. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but I think this episode is good. It's again tons of foreshadowing. Um, I think if I was going to say an MVP, it's probably Jonathan in this episode. Jonathan, my MVP is Jonathan for both episodes. Because again, range. And my LVP has to be for the last episode was uh, the guy who killed Yafei. Oh yeah, Pine. It was the same for me. And for this episode, the LVP is Dominic. Yeah, I think it's for many similar reasons. He just plays the character so big. Yeah, like I you think it'd be like Sheriff Ethan, but like just examining like the his relationship with the Kents, he's sort of like an extended part member of the family. No, oh, yeah, he's like again, like we said, like he's in this show so much in these early seasons, these first two seasons. But I do think it's an interesting take on like again, like the darkness of Lionel specifically, how he is such a corrupting force that he drove somebody who has been nothing but a good person and close to the Kents to frame Jonathan for murder. Yeah, there's and there's also a, a continuity error regarding uh, the when Clark is looking at his dad's uh, yearbook. Yes, I saw that too. In the, I can't, I think it's in the first episode, the pilot episode, Clark says that he took his dad's old position, which was a tailback. And in this, Jonathan was, he says that Jonathan was the quarterback. Yeah. Based on the yearbook quote, which he could have been both at different times. So, but it's still like a dumb oversight. But I think that wraps up on these two episodes. Let's do a quick preview of the next two. So the first one will be Rush. Um, so this is kind of like... Yeah, Rave in the Cave. Yes. So Pete and Chloe get infected with a parasitic worm. And they Pete puts a red kryptonite ring on Clark. And the three of them basically go cuckoo Party. bananas. Yes. And we get a makeout between Clark and Chloe. In front of Lana. Because, you know. And then our second episode brings in uh lucas the apparent son that lionel gave oh, up for God, an option I that really, we heard about i told yeah. him this episode i hate it it's, it's so terrible but it reminds me like it's one of the most memorable episodes um uh in the series for me like i just remember the the pool like when they're playing pool and he gets him to sign it and glover does such a good job at like fake like playing a character who's trying to pretend like who's trying to put on an act poorly like, I feel like for good actors, it is hard to purposely act bad. Um, but yeah, so that is the next pair of episodes we will watch. And then after that is when we start to get into some crazy, crazy episodes, which is uh, when Clark gets sick and then Rosetta, which is the first episode with the original, the real, my Superman, Christopher Reeve. Yep. So I think we can leave that off here. I would say, so me and Alan do a couple other shows. So every Thursday, we have the two of us and some other people, or usually the two of us, talking about comic books, both weekly and sometimes stuff we've read in the past, kind of going over some comic book news. 
obviously we both appear time at times on the regular phantom zone podcast and after dark we also have a new show that should be coming out this week or and or that will be after this week will be will be releasing bi-weekly uh that that will be appearing on the los horror podcast network and al and me both write for losharrow.wordpress.com is that the correct website yeah all right, and then you do a podcast that I have guested on twice that is doing amazingly well. Yeah, Los Our Games podcast. Let's check see where where it stands right now. Over three, uh, it is now sitting at three seventy seven. Awesome, and yeah, so you can check out all those shows every week, and don't forget to join the Facebook group, the Phantom Zone, and um, oh, and don't forget to like the the Los Our Games Facebook page. Yep. And so like, review, like, review, subscribe, share all the podcasts on all your podcast platforms. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. I'm Lou Gonzalez. I'm Alan Muir. And this podcast stands for truth, justice, and the American way.